her parents ultimately had to approve. Um, and so then, and I was actually telling my roommate that, and she was like, oh, so then that's not an arranged marriage then. But I'm like, no, 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 it is. Like, it's literally like, you know, she, her parents immigrated from India. Like, it's the same system, but basically like, because uh, think about that. Like, yes, she gets to choose her spouse, but like ultimately if her spouse isn't of a certain religion, of a certain race, of a certain um, ambition or career choice, blah, blah, blah. Their parents could turn it down for any number of reasons. That's not a range. Like, it's just saying, like, you can choose it based on these very specific criteria. Um, but the bottom line is, is like, I guess, I guess the way, and there's so many studies that prove this, like not even talking about, not even talking about marriage, but just talking about choice in general, that like the more choices you are, the more overwhelmed you are, the less happy you are. It's, it's like one of the reasons why people fucking like in and out, there's like seven things on the menu, you know, it's like, it's like for real, like, like I, we, we have a system in America where we can choose anything. Like we're like the ultimate quote unquote freedom country, but it's like, but it's like, then we get stuck in a culture of everything that we see is we think of, well, what were the other choices? We're always weighing our options constantly. And I'm, I'm obviously, this is like a harsh generalization, but like, but like, I just feel like you can be in any situation in our culture and be thinking of where the grass is greener in any sort of context or any, literally talking about anything, job, relationship, religion, neighbors, like anything, like, yeah, whatever. You're always thinking about like, what could be better? What could be better? Whereas in a culture like India, and I don't, I've never been to India. I'm not trying to like generalize everything, but, but it's just like when you're in a culture where it's just like, no, we have hundreds and hundreds of years that have decided what is ultimately happiest for you. And you're in like this long line of tradition. And I have a lot of bones to pick with tradition, but I can see how you can ultimately be comfortable with those decisions. Like it, it makes sense to me why arranged marriages are statistically more, more quote unquote happy. However you define happiness. How are you defining happiness? Because if happiness to you means what is most totally integral to your development and your family's development and it's a mutually beneficial arrangement sometimes happiness to some people means that you're doing the craziest thing that you could possibly do yep. you're, you're, you're with somebody that everybody's like well why the fuck are you with this guy or this girl like, they're doing this you know x y and z it's too convoluted to be able to diminish it down to just one thing or another. I think that really the biggest realization comes from the fact that there is not one set methodology, especially when it comes from uh, a, uh, a relationship standpoint. There's not one methodology that supersedes the other one. Definitely not. And I wonder really why that's become something that's so superlative in people's minds about like, oh, you know, it's, ah, you've got an arranged marriage. Oh, and, you know, and some people look at that like, ah, you're, you know, you're enslaved basically. You're, you're subjugated, you're this and that. I mean, I don't know. I don't know them. I don't know how they are. Maybe they're stoked about it. 
maybe it is going and, to be one of the happiest things of their lives. And maybe if they were in the same situation where they had the choice, quote unquote choice, because you always have a choice, but True. They, they did not you know, follow this program, maybe they would have been miserable. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know. I, I don't know how that really works. It depends on the person, right? I mean, what, what you just said is like really important that it, it's really hard to weigh which one is better, a marriage by a quote-unquote choice and a marriage by arrangement. And again, both of those are very loaded terms, and there's a lot to both of them. But, <laughs> but, but, but now it's like I've come across a lot of people who have been like, who, who have said something along the lines of like, oh, like arranged marriages is, is what you said. It's like slavery. But it's like, bruh, like until recently I didn't realize like how many people who have never had those experiences would, would just like assume that the American way of just like marriage by choice is superior. You know, and then, and then there's countries like Denmark. Um, we had an exchange student growing up from Denmark and in Denmark, they don't marry like at all. Like there's no like tax benefits from marrying. There's no, I mean, they, they have long-term committed relationships and date essentially one person for life and have babies with them and all the other, but they just don't feel like they need to have the government involved in it. And there's no systemic like legislative reason, like benefits of getting married like there is here. So in my mind, like, fuck, that's probably superior than what we're doing. But again, superior is pretty loaded. Like, there's no really way of saying what's like superior to one person, superior to another. You know, there's a lot to all of it. In regards to what you were saying about Denmark, as I'm thinking about it, yeah, that that'd be more accurate, more um, conducive just for human beings in general, because of this this separation between you have to be totally monogamous and committed for life and eternity. And on the other side, oh, well, we can like each other and, you know, just do what we want and this and that. I mean, all of it's fine with me, right? Like, it, it's, it's not a question of what is going to make somebody most happy. What I think is the question is that which of these things actually inherently affect people's perspective of human relationship? Mm. All of it, from like top to bottom. Because if you have the idea where, you know, we're, we're like penguins and we have to have this one partner forever and 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 this and that and and if that's what you want that's fine but if you also want to be on the other side of the spectrum where you're you're polygamous and you're going around doing whatever you want to do and you're happy and you're with other people that are happy that's great too it's yeah. it's really just it to me it, to boil it down to these quintessential nuggets of truth they don't ever really seem to hold up whenever it comes to a case-by-case individual basis because there are a lot of people that want to be monogamous. There's a lot of people that want to be polygamous. And there's a lot of people that can be happy doing both. And there's a lot of people that are just 
not fucking sure. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, it's to me stepping back from all of that. I think that the the biggest pro- problem in this regard is just a lack of um, genuine communication mm-hmm. and uh, understanding and people having the courage to act on what they really believe and feel because that's a huge amount of the problem is just simply comes from the fact that people won't act on what they believe and feel mm. no yeah that's yeah definitely I I mean yeah when you when you look at like yeah, polyamory, um, marriage by like the the Disney princess soulmate. Hmm. When you look at marriage by arrangement, when you look at Denmark non marriage, you can find versions of all of those things where you know people in America get divorced three times. Um, you know, end up dating you know somebody they lost long ago. Could be happier than they've ever been could be divorced three times and miserable, could be married their entire lives and miserable. I mean, I, I've definitely met a lot of those. Um, could be in a, in a, uh, a marriage that your parents arranged and be super happy. Could be in a marriage that your parents arranged and was super miserable. Like, I, I, I really feel like nobody's got the answers. And so to, like address the question as if you do is like hilarious to me <laughs> is, is to think that like right like <laughs> is, is to think that like like when you're embracing something like as to statistic let's say like statistically like arranged marriages are longer lasting and and obviously there's a lot of cultural factors that go into that and I don't know how certain studies measure happiness and whatnot but then there are certain um, studies that say choice leads to unhappiness and whatnot then it's like okay when you're embraced with those stats to be like, no, choice, like marriage by choice is obviously better. Marriage by arrangement is slavery. It's like, bruh, like, how can you feel like it's way more complicated than that? Obviously, obviously. Yeah. Happiness is just like, there's no way to calculate it. And there's just no, there's obviously no right or wrong way to find it. It depends on the person. It depends on their proclivities. It depends on what, you know, they perceive as happiness. It depends on how, uh, they, want to live their lives because in that sort of regard if you're going to be a human being on planet earth and you're going to accept the fact that you have free will there might be some things within your free will that you genuinely enjoy and accept and embrace that other people do not and that's just the way it is mm-hmm. I mean we talked about this before but you know there are certain things that okay hey yeah that is free will but don't stomp on anybody else's you know what I mean you know don't do some dark shit (laughs) you can but don't because it's just bad and everybody knows what that is but as far as what makes you happy in, in a relationship sense from one human being to another, where, whether it be your friends or whether it be your fiancé or your future wife or your girlfriend or whatever, uh, everybody has to figure that out for themselves. Totally. 
And even even in a broader sense, like what gives you happiness, it's like also just like what happiness means. Yeah. It's like you, that's you, buddy. Like you, nobody can nobody can point you there. Nobody can, um, they can give you examples throughout history of what happiness is and what it <laughs> represents. But ultimately you can utilize those examples and be depressed as shit. Like you got to find like you, and that's almost like pretty beautiful that you can just be like, this is what makes me happy and I've decided it and nobody can take it away from me. This is what happiness means to me. That's a really beautiful concept. It's almost like uh, pretty godlike on like a minuscule scale of just like I can create this for myself. This is my own portal and this is my own feeling that I can access it doing these, these and these things that no other person on this world can access doing the same things. That's you. You did that. And nobody can give that to you. Like you can give that same recipe that you found out to somebody else and it won't work for them. And that's pretty, that's pretty interesting. It's more than interesting. It's fascinating. <laughs> yeah. See, you really I never really even, down. I never even broke it down like that before now. Yeah. So that's pretty interesting to think about. Yeah. That's really what it boils down to, isn't it? Is what, what makes people happy. And if someone else's suffering makes you happy, then I'm not really sure that that's true happiness. Oh, that's a good point. That's a dark magic we're talking about now. I kind of forgot that, that the certain things that you can amalgamate together to open your portal could be sadistic as fuck. Yeah. And that's... Hmm. That, 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 that makes a real dark spin on what I was saying. But it, yeah, that is an absolute reality for sure. It, I, and it's, it's not... It's not bad... I mean, I believe we're eternal in a certain way, but there are things that I believe that human beings came together and, you know, stood outside of their own lives objectively and looked at it. There are certain things that would be like, you know, yeah, that's, I, you know, it, it made me happy, but, you know, revenge and, and darkness and, and destruction and deceit and, these kind of things, yeah, they can make you happy. But is that really making you happy? I think that there is a quintessential truth to the nature of reality because of the fact that we exist in the first place mm. that permeates all of our decision-making. And there is a time and place for everything. I'm not condemning anything that um, you know, might make you happy. Well, I would go out on a limb and condemn some things like like child sacrifice, child molestation. Most of them are related to children or animals or really just other people. Just inflicting suffering on other people for your own selfish gain. If that opens your portal to happiness, that, that is kind of a problem. And, and you should seek therapy, as we all should seek therapy for <laughs> any one of our number of reasons. But ultimately... Uh, yeah, that should be addressed, and you should probably find other portals. Because that's the, that's the other beautiful thing about there's not just one portal. There's so many ways to access. There's so many doors. There's so many doors into happiness. You just gotta find, you know. And if you found this really crazy perverted one, just find a different one. It's all good. We probably all have at least one. When when I like, I'm not condoning anything either. Let me make that perfectly clear. When I said I'm not condemning it, I mean that. If you open those doors and you find happiness, you, you, ha you have to see how hollow 
you are and how hollow it is. How just dark and meaningless any of these kind of activities and ventures are because you're inherently doing it back to yourself. Of course, I would never condone anything that really harms, harms anybody. I don't, I don't want that. There, there's, there's no reason for that. I think that we can disagree and that we can have, uh, you know, legitimate conversations about different perspectives, but whenever it comes down to, there's certain things that everyone knows, whether or not you want to admit it, in the recesses of their soul, Hmm. that is inherently destructive, not just to themselves, but to all of whatever this is that we're living in. Whatever this fucking simulation is, what is it? Nobody knows. It doesn't matter. It, what matters is how you interact with it, how you perceive it, and what you go for. Mm. So you're right, yeah. I mean, there are things that... <laughs> I, 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 I couldn't ever, 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 ever condone. But... I find that if somebody is there at that place, they've just missed so much, so much of what's actually going on that they've lost themselves. Yeah. And uh, this, is, this isn't a free pass. This isn't, con once again, condoning anything that would be dark and negative in that, like, in, in that way. But uh, it's just, I want to find a place where we as people can stop labeling everything, start providing in the ways that we are totally capable of doing, stop blowing each other up, stop senseless warfare. Ideally, yeah, ideally, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and, and, and educate Mm -hmm. and allow people to explore their genuine passions because I just find it really hard to believe that somebody, a little baby, knows nothing, born into this world. And, and you know, I, I believe in the spirit too, but the meat suit, you know, knows nothing. And it has the desire to destroy and cause harm and pain. Right. I, I can't. I can't embrace that idea. I just. I can't. just don't know. If there's any evidence for that. Like what? Because like you, you're only molded at that young age. Before we get too deep, I just want to say welcome to the early word. Can we say that? <laughs> yeah, let's it's, do it. Uh, it's two thirty in the morning. It is two thirty in the morning. Um, and I just, I also want to say that like, we don't always. It's not like a rule that we have to do these this early. That's just always how it happens, you know? It just always happens. It's the way the cookie crumble. And we, you know what? We can do this at fucking 2.30 in the afternoon, and whenever you're listening to it, that's the motherfucking early word. It's the earliest you're ever going to hear it, so... It's um, the early word. <laughs> yeah, welcome. I remember when we used to work together, mm -hmm. and you would put a headphone in your ear, 
And uh, I'm pretty sure were you listening? You were listening to Terrence McKenna lectures, right? Or like other things, or what? Oh, Terrence McKenna, Alan Watts. Oh, Alan Watts. Um, Another ton, good one. Tons of tons of Ramdas. Uh, oh, Ramdas is fire. They're uh, they're just about to drop a fucking Ramdas documentary. I saw the the ad on my Instagram. For real? I just finished um, Terrence McKenna's second book, um, so pretty early. Um, it was called The Archaic Revival, and it's basically like mm. a comp. It's none of his own. Well, it is his own writing, but he didn't do any writing for the book. So he compiled a bunch of interviews that he did and a bunch of like transcribed interviews and then a bunch of like essays um, and other articles that he's published. And he just, so it's like an anthology, I guess, Mm -hmm. of his shit. He was incredibly brave, very well educated. He studied a lot. Um, You know, his brother... uh, Dennis is uh, an entobotanist. Uh, yeah. Um, entheobotanist. Uh, so he's he's certainly and I mean they have they've had incredible ventures to this realm that exists you know a few molecules away for most people, and most people won't ever have the bravery to take that adventure and I think that diminishing what they've both discovered based on the fact that it's psychotropic and uh, hallucinogenic and entheogenic I think that that is a disservice to mankind because a lot of the stuff that they report isn't just reported by them it's not like they came up with it it's a recurring factor in a lot of these psychedelic compounds. Well, yeah, I mean, a lot of well, a lot of what he comes up with is only branched off of what he's learned from the writings and literally like face-to-face experiences with shamans. To me, I think that anybody that would have um, a solid opinion about ayahuasca, psilocybin, DMT. Um, any sort of psychotropic compound, anybody that would have a really solid opinion about that without experiencing it is null and void. Mm-hmm. It's completely inconsequential. It's not even worth listening to because you, you can tell me which neurons are firing or this or that or whatever, but without having right, the experience, right. it's completely different. You can't... Well, and that's why I wanted to have this conversation with you because I'm not... A stranger to psychedelics, I've definitely done my my fair share. He has a lot to say against LSD, so I guess I'll just leave that out of the conversation. <laughs> um, but as far as psilocybin goes, I mean, I've done... Allegedly. Uh, allegedly, yeah. Um, he talks a lot about heroic doses, and mm. I don't, I'm not sure... Well, okay, so I've never done DMT or ayahuasca, and I know you have. And I guess that's why I really want to have... Allegedly. Allegedly. And that's why I really want to have this conversation. Um... I'm not sure if I've ever done a heroic dose, although I would like to say if I haven't done a heroic dose, because I don't really know how, if I can make that call myself, I've come close to it. Because just based on the things that I've read about his writings about it, I can relate to a lot of them. Basically, like what he's done as far as what psychedelics, I mean, just the fear mongering of like 60s and 70s about drugs. 
is like so off base and blatantly racist if you want to go down that route but <laughs> it is yeah so basically like what he's done on like a physical sense as far as like drug legislation and or just education about drugs and like all these things like i i'm fully on team mckenna we need to be studying these things we need to be um i mean even this year like even if you leave out the machine elves and all of the fantastical um elements of it which i don't know why you would leave those out but let's leave those out just like the the tangible effects of um reducing anxiety and depression that they found um it's it's important research i think he's an important figure for those reasons alone and i buy a lot of his ideas like when he talks about like the stoned ape theory about how like it's actually quite very possible that our language came from psilocybin mushrooms uh that makes a lot of sense to me i mean i, I there's no way to to know it for sure um, but that absolutely makes a lot of sense to me that mushrooms or psilocybin and those types of compounds could be in the same way the catalyst that, that took us from the apes to what we are now to us and the next thing. I think all of that's pretty legit. Um, but those aren't his only theories. He's got a lot of theories and some of them I think are kind of like fucking crazy. What's it called? The time wave? Or what, what is it? The great attractor at the end of history... Now we're not oh. really being, you know, we're not moving forward. We're being pulled, mm. we're not being pushed from the past into the future, being pulled from the future and, and into some sort of thing. And he had it uh, dialed in to like December 21st, 2012. Well, that, that, that's the biggest thing is he firmly believed in the Mayan calendar, which is like, okay, well, that was... And he, unfortunately, you know, he passed before then, so he never knew. Yeah. But... Uh, or maybe he does, but either way, like he 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 like was willing to die on that hill, and uh, and that came out false. So then it really like, it's like okay. So then, what do we think about all of his other theories? Like he was so sure about the mind calendar. He was like so sure of it. Like I read so many articles of him writing about that, and I'm like, all right, well, he really did, and he was he was uh, pretty certain about it. But I think that another big part of what he was doing was he also admitted that you know there there's some leeway here there i'm not necessarily entirely sure and certain about x y and z um i don't know if the dates will like correspond with this and that uh he was just talking about energetic patterns that seem to permeate history and how it seems to be being drawn to a great attractor, as he called it. And, I mean, in a way, yeah, I could see that. But, you know, it, it really is a shame that, he, that he's, he's no longer alive and we can't just ask him straight up. Yeah, he died way too young. Yeah, way like, too young. Yeah. Way too young. But as far as the experiences he had whenever it go uh whenever it comes to going into other realms of reality and being able to bring back some of that information for people that have been there it's very relatable and for people that have been there it's very very hard to describe there aren't really words <laughs> that do right. any of these things justice, especially whenever it comes to ayahuasca and DMT. He had 
this notion that we were, you know, what, like 60, 70, maybe even 100,000 years ago, we were just wandering around the African plains, flipped over some cow shit, found some mushrooms, started eating mushrooms, and they had, uh, you know, increased visual acuity effects, they had, they were a stimulant, so they made us, you know, horny, basically, so we started fucking more, Mm -hmm. and uh, they also produced glossolalia, because of the way that psilocybin affects the brain, and that's where language uh, comes from. And I think that that's plausible for resurgence, but for me, I don't think that I can just sit down and buy into the idea that, you know, psychotropic substances, whether it's mushrooms or DMT, um, you know, like you can make a Middle Eastern ayahuasca yeah. Out of acacia and 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 uh, and anything that has an MAOI in it, mm. um, it's there's there's so much there, and there's so much that we're unearthing now and discovering now that to me it seems like humanity has been going on much longer than we think, and that it's oh so you disagree with this timeline of human evolution? Oh yeah. Oh, for sure. Hmm. Yeah, I guess like it's not so much his theories I disagree with, and not that I agree with them. It's just like, sure, like could be, like I don't know, like yeah. you know, I, I'm not, I'm not gonna come out and say it, but like it's, it's more his attitude or the way I perceived his attitude when reading his works when it comes to them, because like I for a while now have been on this train of like the most important thing to do with all these concepts is to maintain agnosticism is just be like, all right, yeah, like take them in. Does it ring well with you? Great. Um, if something comes in that rings better for you, throw it out. Um, if not, then hold it closer, like, you know, whatever. But either way, these ideas are not that personal to you. You should drop them. You should pick them up. You should, whatever you shouldn't, be personally offended when someone critiques those ideas because Mm. there's a lot of ideas you know it's all good um so i guess like some of his ideas i agree with some of his ideas i don't agree with doesn't matter i could say that about literally anybody on this planet like i agree with there's nobody i agree with myself i disagree with myself (laughs) my past self all the time it doesn't matter um i guess where i'm at is he maintained agnosticism to the point of like he didn't have a definition, a firm definition of what he was seeing in those spaces, right? Like, so he was like, did all of our current conception of aliens and UFOs and all this come from the DMT space? Maybe, maybe not. Did all of our current conception of gods come from... So in a certain way, he maintained a certain level of speculation or like, or agnosticism about what he was learning, what he was discovering. But, like, some things he just, like, straight up didn't. Like, some things, like, I don't know. I was, like, reading some interviews with him, and and he was just, like, so, like, almost like when his ideas were questioned to a certain point, you could sense him getting kind of defensive, where he was like, no, no, no. Like, this is, this, like, I figured it out. And that's the part where I'm like, bruh, like, take some mushrooms more 
and you probably haven't figured it out, but he's taken mushrooms way more than I have. So it's like, yeah. So it's like, I'm like, how can you even be stubborn on ideas? Like he more than anybody should know that like, like I remember one time an interviewer in this book that I read, like was like, let me ask you to speculate. And he was like, his literal response was like, oh, I, I never speculate. Like everything I do is from my own research or from things that I've read. He's like, but I don't actually speculate. But I'm like, bruh, like if it's not empirical peer-reviewed evidence, it's speculation. And like if you're not willing to admit that, then like you don't, you don't respect like the scientific method. You don't respect like facts or fiction. Like you don't respect like – you just respect anecdotal evidence, your own anecdotal evidence and literally nothing else. So that's the part where I'm like, mm, but then on the cover, it does say speculations on this, this, and this. So I, I just find some hypocrisy there. Everybody is a, is a hypocrite to a certain extent, so I don't blame him for that. But I, that just kind of rubbed me the wrong way that I'm like, even even the utmost scientists with like the utmost PhDs, if they're doing anything that hasn't been cross-reviewed, they'll be like, here's what we have concluded, but this could be speculation based on this, this, and this. And for him to come out and not do any of that peer review, not to do any of that, and just based on his own anecdotal evidence and then say none of it's speculation is like, come on, bruh. Like just on like a very simple level, like, but then again, there's other times where he's fully admitting that he's speculating. So it's kind of like, you know, I don't blame him for that, but I don't know. I, I just sense a certain defensiveness when his critiques are argued to a certain extent. There's a seesaw, and it's like that with a lot of people these days, uh, independent researchers that are really delving into um, problems with the historical record or archaeology or paleontology or whatever it may be. There's there there's There's a decent amount of people that are really working on that and it is hard to get that across because I think that the greatest problem is that skepticism is turned into straight up denial and understanding has turned into straight up um like a credo, like a, a like almost like a religious belief. Well, that's the other part and of it too. They're, they're so at edge with each other instead of finding common ground. Totally, yeah. I mean, I don't. I, sorry to cut you off, but like, I don't. Mm. Need, I, it almost makes me feel bad, like even coming across and being like, being like, oh fuck him for admitting that or for not admitting that he's speculating, because ultimately, like, he's opening the door for all this like very legitimate research. Yeah. So, and that's what I said at the very beginning, was that, like, he is the catalyst for all this very legitimate research. So it's, like, almost like I shouldn't critique him for that because that's just one more door being closed on, like, what's already wanting to be closed on this research on drugs. And, like, nobody wants to fund it. Nobody wants to learn anything about it. So it's, like, ultimately, like, net, absolutely positive. I guess, like, I'm just nitpicking his attitude on certain things. Yeah. I think that really, you know, it kind of just dawned on me. And pun intended with what I'm about to say, like the early word, right? Like this right here. This is what science and discourse should be about. Validating all the sides, like really, really looking into it, not having an emotional attachment, not having written papers about, oh, this is how things happen. And now you have a vested interest in it, not being... um, way far out and like fucking aliens man you know not being like that like really looking at what we have in front of us 
as a society, as a people, archaeologically, uh, you know, geologically, historically, all of it, really, really looking at it. There's so many things that we just cannot explain that nobody wants to touch because it will interfere with their vested interests in the way that human evolution and, and, and society was supposed to progress. I'm not endorsing anybody right now. I'm just saying yeah. that we don't fucking know. Yeah. Like, if, like that, that's the bottom line. Like, we don't fucking know. And the fact that we're so unwilling to really genuinely look at these things and take a step back and have healthy you know totally. exchanges and and interchanges like why is that so difficult for us at this point it's, well, it's yeah really really what it comes down to in my in my most humble opinion is um is agnosticism or like even in a broader sense just open-mindedness it's mm-hmm. like either side and by sides i mean like you know quadrants and like and even like I more than you. that like all these different perspectives of like Okay, so we're we're over here, and what I've been trained in my grad school, you know, empirical, peer-reviewed data. But if you're clinging too hard to that, you're misguided. Um, and then, on, and then on the other end, or one of the other ends, um, to say like, no, 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 the pyramids were definitely built like by aliens, and then you find, or or even like. Yeah, you know, or like UFOs or, or Bigfoot is real or, or all these things. It's like, and then and then you find hard evidence that suggests otherwise. And then you're clinging tight to it. But, 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 but no, 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 no. Because this is like part of my identity now. It's really about identity. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, no, no, this belief is me now. Yeah. And it's like, no, that's the problem. Whether or not you believe that you saw a UFO or whether or not you believe Bigfoot is real or... Whether or not you believe that that your study suggested this result, it's like okay, but you have to welcome opposing evidence with open arms. Like that's really what it's all about. I think that a big part of it comes from, and I, I've told you this before, the you know the division between what people consider spiritual and what people consider scientific. Mm-hmm. And a lot of, you know, modern science is just as much as a religion as anything. And you have to subscribe to one or the other. And the unwillingness to really take into account plenty of things that literally rewrite history as we know it. That unwillingness is human pride it's it's a, it, an individualistic pride mm. and i'm not really sure how if it if if at all that can serve the growth of humanity as a whole why would it be a good thing to be met with incredible very compelling evidence yeah. and just throw it to the wayside. And, and, and like you said, I, I'm not saying fucking aliens, man. I'm not saying I'm, it, it's not. I don't know. I don't really know where the fuck humans came from. Nobody does. If, if anybody tells you where they know where fucking humans come from, really like right. look into 
our genetics. Well, that's my whole point is that you can really find me at different points on both sides of the spectrum. Exactly. So that's why I'm like, because I maintain that open-mindedness. I'm like, yeah, dude. Like I like, but but the thing is, is like, if you don't, then what you're clinging to is your fabricated identity mm. and not the actual tangible reality of information. And I, and, and again, like, if you wanted to get really deep about it, I could tell you all about how there's not an actual objective truth ever and everything is subjective reality overlapping. <laughs> In fact, I'm sure we've talked about this before on the podcast. But no, but it's, it's perfect. You're exactly right. Yeah, yeah. like so, it, I mean, th- there's a lot to everything. But, like, yeah, ultimately, ultimately, I have to pee. Now, close your eyes. And as you do, imagine you know nothing at all. Everything is wondrous. Everything is inexplicable. Because ultimately, even with our best understanding, it is. Come to places understanding and wisdom through this modality through the modality of speculation well what were you just talking about because what if I continue it I don't know what he was saying but I guess I will later Um, I guess what I'll say is I feel like in literally every single one of these episodes at one point either me or Kyle has brought up how Science is a religion. So if there's anything that you want to take apart, like a nut graph for this entire podcast, it's just that. That science and facts are just as much opinions as religion. And that's not even necessarily true. It's true, certain concepts of that are true, right? Like obviously like that sounds wacky when you hear it, but like certain aspects of that are true. Oh, just that, just that the idea that there's certain ideas that are completely thrown out the window in, in peer-reviewed discussions um, because they're taboo topics or there's all this history as, that is based on racism and based on, um, you know, all these different types of things that are like topics that can't even be explored or are laughed at and can't get funded. Um, and for those reasons, it's a very buddy-buddy clicky system. Uh, and in that way, it's, it's, it's similar to religion, not to shit on religion. Uh, uh, you know, also it, it just means that it, it's a system of beliefs that we all share. Um, and also that we trust our scientists the same way we trust our shamans that for some reason that they have a closer, uh, touch to reality than we do. Um, but you didn't do that research. Like you don't know that for sure. You're just assuming that they do when it's not even like, there's no guarantee of that. It's a weird thing, though, with that, because if you're too polarized to either of the sides, right, um, you don't realize that heads and tails are part of the same coin. Oh, that's one of the hermetic principles, right? Yeah, Mm -hmm. like, it, it, it is all the same thing, just because you can know science about something, like, it doesn't diminish how mystical and magical it is, the fact that I'm even speaking right now. How are you listening to me? How, how do you open and close your hand? How do you do any of these things? Oh, well, I do it. My neurons fire. Okay, well, what's making that happen? What is this? What is reality? And you can understand it 
as best as you want to, but <laughs> there'll still be plenty of gaps that you just can't fill. And it just, it isn't healthy in my mind to put too much stock in one side or the other mm. and being, okay, everything is, you know, explained by some sort of scientific methodology or, oh no, it's just Jeebus Cripes and <laughs> all that, <laughs> like, you know, it, or you know, anything. It's right. There, there has to be some sort of medium and it encourages me because I find more and more people that are willing to be in that medium, mm -hmm. not too polarized. Just lately, I've, uh, I've, I feel like I've experienced some uh, pretty profound uh, synchronicities in my life, and um, I feel like I've um, become really in tune to them. Um, whether or not, whether or not, where, wherever they're coming from, who cares? Doesn't matter. I don't know what the root cause of these synchronicities are. I will say that, that ever since I've been paying attention to them, they've been more and more frequent. Um, which is not to say that they are actually more and more frequent, but more like I'm noticing them more. Probably. Like, we talked about this in my biology class actually fucking like years ago. But I remember one thing that a student, like my student professor said, was that like the more... Just know like one or two plant types in your area. He said just one or two. And then the more you do it, maybe you would be encouraged to learn one or two more. But he says just knowing those one or two plant types, well, you'll be amazed about how that changed your mood when you're in the forest. Like he's like, he's like, you'll go in there and you'll just know one or two species names. Which for me, like I don't fucking know any. I know Douglas fir. I mean, I know the names, but like I don't know if I can identify certain and he was saying that just like just it changes your relationship with the woods it changes your perception of what you see and i feel that way about colors too like and i you know it's just like okay so you learn the color mauve you learn the color azure you know they're all <laughs> shades like you get them and then once you're in reality you can see them and once you can see more colors you start reality starts to be like i don't know if it's objectively better but just like your experience in the world becomes closer with your natural environment around you. So, and that's the way I feel about synchronicities where it doesn't matter where it comes from. It doesn't matter if I'm pulling realities in. It doesn't matter if a creator's lining them up for me. It doesn't matter if it's fucking blatant coincidence. Um, it's the same thing as like knowing a certain, another type of fern and I'm recognizing it in the natural world. And, uh, and that's what it's doing for me. All these profound synchronicities that I've had in my life or in the past few weeks, and there's been quite a few. Over a dozen. Yeah, and, 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 and related, related to the job, there's been a fuck ton, but even prior to that, there's been a fuck ton. You, you have told me before that you don't believe in coincidence, but I'm just like, is there ever a case of mistaken identity where you like see that fern and it pulls you closer because you like, this is, what I, well, this is what that fern is, and I'm closer to nature because I understand what this fern is. But it's actually not that fern. It's actually like some other type of plant. But it's just like, all right, well, I thought it was this. So, you know, I, I went with it, and it made me feel better. It made me happier. It made me perform better. And so it was a net positive. But ultimately, it wasn't that fern. Doesn't matter. 
I'm just saying, is there ever that case of mistaken identity when it comes to synchronicity? And I know you have actually a different philosophy of synchronicity where you don't believe in coincidence. Is there a chance that even if it is, I'm pulling it into myself or even if it is a creator lining it up for me, is there ever a chance where I'm seeing it as that and it's not that, even if that is a reality? That's vast. So I would say, especially with what you've been experiencing recently, getting this new job and everything, and all of that, that, that is very synchronistic, right? It's, there was like two a day for like a matter of like a couple weeks. Like there was like so much. I think that to deny that, aspect of what you experience would be kind of, uh, I don't want to say irresponsible. Really, to me, kind of what it boils down to is you, you, can, you can take a step back from reality and see it as just inconsequential chaos. And there are just happy accidents along the way that you ascribe meaning to. Really, though, I mean, really, whenever we really break it down, you are creating every moment of your waking reality, your consciousness, your actual conscious decisions. Even if I'm just sitting here right now talking and you're sitting there right now listening, your conscious decision is creating reality, which is lining you up into a potential that otherwise might not have ever occurred. For instance... Uh, if you wouldn't have taken that job, if you wanted yeah. to stay here, like you wouldn't have ever experienced the myriad of just consistent synchronicities over and over and over. Again. Well, that and that's a like that decision that I made. Like I can have as many synchronicities as occur, but I made a decision. Then that's a tangible dimension change in my life like that was like and like yeah like that word dimension is very esoteric and very broad but it's like that's literally what it is <laughs> like, I, like i'm sorry but like like even like I, for for people who and like even a year ago i might have been like okay you sound crazy saying that so i understand how the listener might perceive that but it's like that is what it is though like i, I like i that that like whereas like you are making changes that are it's like the butterfly effect. One thing leads to another, leads to another, leads to another, leads to another. And like, you can literally draw that as like drawing occurrences from other dimensions into yourself, which sounds fucking crazy. Or you can say that one thing leads to another, leads to another. The, the, the end result is the same. So it's, it's, there's no, it doesn't matter. It's the same. Like, yeah. It's just like this. It's like, if I stood up and... I, I just smacked him across the face. That's a dimension change. That's a dimension change. But it, it, now he's got a smack face, but ow! <laughs> it's a dimension change. It, it it's something like you are actively shifting into. All right, and you're going to have to deal with the repercussions of it, and even the most mundane decisions make dimensional changes. So living through that stream. It's really about what you want to perceive to be your actualized reality. Do you want it to be a reality of uh, harmony and bliss and, and understanding? That's great. 
you're gonna have to work toward it though. Mm. <laughs> I mean that's a that's a like that's a beautiful thing to to aim for. It takes a lot, yeah. It it will. It, it's not something that you just not you, it's not like uh you know, you just flip a coin one time and oh man, I got heads. Thank God. Now I get all this stuff that I wanted. It's a consistent trajectory. Every moment of your life, of reality itself, is constantly, constantly congealing into these weird, you know, macroscopic experiences of a microscopic universe that is our soul and our perspective and our uh, identity and if soul if the word soul offends you I should say uh, I'm sorry use consciousness then it's the same thing yeah it's it's just I'll admit I'm so iffy on the word soul but uh, yeah I, I totally understand what you mean by it. it's sort of like the thing where it's like dimension or butterfly effect like it, use your own fucking words it's all we're talking about the same shit like, yeah Exactly. That's the whole thing. That's the bottom line of the early word. Yeah. Bottom line, the early word is like, hey, everyone, let's wake up and let's check it out and see how fucking crazy reality is. Mm. All right. And appreciate just how wild it is, Mm. how wild we exist at all. And, And even if you don't believe in anything else... You can, uh, if, you, if you don't believe in yourself, at least, then I, I'm not even sure why you're listening to this or doing anything at all, for that matter, because <laughs> this Other is, people that exist who don't believe that they exist. <laughs> right? It's like the opposite of a solipsist, yeah. yeah. There are, though, yes. I'm sure, yeah. I'm, everything exists, so yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's a weird thing. And we, we're sitting here right now, we're listening to this, or we're in my case, talking about this. And my whole thing is that let's come together and just make it better for everybody because it's not that hard, all right? I can clap my hands. I can snap my fingers. (laughs) I don't know how I do it. I do it, though. And this meat suit does it, and it's part of this whole construct. And I've got another meat suit over here. Hi. (laughs) And, And they're animating that and we're all you know like nobody's like you know what i really want i really want to suffer i just i think i think it would be really cool to suffer it's ridiculous let's just everybody take a step back from everything that we think that we know and really really evaluate what that means and what the possible alternative conclusions could be because if we did that then i mean we you know you don't have to agree with everybody but you can still give them fucking high fives we don't have to blow them up you know bombs and dynamite and dumb shit it's just that 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 aspect of humanity i think has been repressed because everybody has this weird competitive nature with the wrong things to be competitive about. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, 
I don't know where it's coming from. It's coming from one of three things, right? Either a divine creator is lining this shit up for me. I'm pulling these dimensions in for myself. Or I'm just seeing it this way. And realistically, well, first of all, I guess I, I would want to know your stance on the first two. But I'm willing to admit it could be some combination of these two, of all three, of one and two, of one and three, like whatever. I'm willing to admit that. It's all three. Okay, so, so then there is cases of mistaken identity. Oh, sure. I mean, but like... That, that only... So how do you know? Right? Like, so, so, okay, so you say like, like life could be... Life could be one random event after another and we're just interpreting it and applying meaning to it. Right, but like, even if it's not that, even if I'm pulling these dimensions in myself, or someone's doing it for me, there's got to be some of that existing where I'm applying the meaning to things. Isn't our minds everything? Yeah. Right. So it, uh, under the like, hermetic principles that I read, so it's like, yeah. isn't it me? The very thought of me thinking it is me creating it. Mm -hmm. So the 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 pinky. As you've labeled them, like the one that has the idea of, um, you know, it is just randomness, whatever, uh, regardless of however, I mean, in a way, that is accurate, but it doesn't diminish the fact that you are creating it. You are every individual moment of now. Every mm. individual moment of now. So you're saying even if it is a random conglomeration of nothingness, that's just as important as the other two. It's just as important as if it was lined up for me, or just as important as if... But I think that the other two, like, combined together are probably more accurate, and you throw the third one in with that. It's, just, it's like right now, right? Um, I don't know. Let's say I had this, just this wild idea, and I wanted to get up and do a dance over in that corner. As soon as I get up and I do a dance over that in corner, there's a meteor that strikes right through where I would have been. Oh. Is that, I mean, what is that? What is that? Right? It is really hard to quantify and yeah. des describe and explain anything that supersedes our normal conscious awareness. Right, it could have been any one of those, but it doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. Like, it got you out of the way. Yeah. I guess I guess in your perspective, based on, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but based on what I read in, in the Hermetic Principles book, it's like little eye and big eye, where it's like the divine creator versus you bringing it in for yourself. It's like it doesn't really matter because you're an antenna to that. So, it, you know, it's kind of like fluid. I mean, in a way, yeah, it is. It's just like uh, right now, there is no way that you could predict anything that I'm about to do. I can do anything. True. Right? I mean, I can predict some things. I can you predict can. that you won't. Okay, true. I could not predict that. God damn it. I could, I could not, I, but I could predict that you wouldn't, like, fucking turn blue, sprout wings, breathe fire. Right? True. True, though. Yeah, I mean, in, in a way. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying is, like... Finding this balance between spirit and science, between mm. the fact that we exist, we create our realities, we genuinely do, 
and the reality that's happening around but to a certain extent right like oh yeah that'll go off into a whole other thing with like my idea of like how quote-unquote miracles and stuff happen but it it's just if you're focused too much on any aspect of your antenna you miss so much Hmm. right because I mean I think that a tremendous amount of the human condition the problems that we have stem from that aspect because you're sitting here in real life and you know we're drinking we're smoking we're having fun we're doing all of this in a meat suit and there's this consciousness behind this right and there's all these differing opinions about you know how human beings evolved and this and that why don't we just like take a step back for a second and not really super focus on how we got here because we're here mm. all right why don't we figure out where we're going mm-hmm. and then maybe we can figure out why we were here in the first place yeah because to me there's you know there's a lot of woo woo stuff on the scientific side and on the spiritual side mm. and in between and I, I feel like there's there is a way to find this you know amalgam between all of them because we all exist you know, if I tell you right now, blink your eyes, you can do that. Mm-hmm. You can do it. And that is a real thing. And I'm not a solipsist. I don't think that I am the sole projector and progenitor of all of creation. Because that's just a, just a ridiculous idea. But um, you know, everything is in flux. Everything is in motion. And just like, you know, when you were born... Pretty much all of the, you know, molecular substrate and all of your cells and all of that composes that, you, you know, your meat suit, it's gone. You're a genuinely different physiological entity, but you still have the same consciousness. But you've learned things in this consciousness. So what is that? Like, what is this mechanism that turns and churns reality? Because it brings us all closer to an understanding that is equilibrium, that is, um, you know, not high and mighty, that is a place where we can acknowledge and openly admit we don't fucking know. We don't know. I and, sure don't. Right? Yeah, I don't either. I mean, I've had some crazy experiences, but I don't fucking know. I don't know. Like, if any, as soon as somebody tells me that they know anything about any of this, it's... You know, uh, there are so many ways to poke holes in it immediately. But I think that gravitating too far to one side or to another is dangerous. I think that being open and having genuine dialogues and communication about differing sides and differing views of how 
this fantastic, you know, multi-dimensional projected reality simulation that comes from our own consciousness exists. How that happens is a great pursuit.